welcome back to Diverse Joy, a podcast where two experts bring joy back into conversations about diversity. This is my co-host, the fabulous, fun, and colorful Dr. Will Cox. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And this is my amazing co-host, also colorful, especially today, uh, because we are (laughs) celebrating Trans Awareness Month month for this episode. Uh, My co-host, Dr. Amber Nelson. And uh, since this is Trans Awareness Month, we invited our dear friend, Sandy Eichel, back to the podcast for the second time. Now, Sandy is a transgender, non-binary person, and we wanted Uh, that- um, Just a second, Mm, Dr. Uh, Cox. uh, I I can't believe you're interrupting. I know. I know. How How dare you? How rude. (laughs) How rude. Now, I have a question. Oh, yes. You're talking about Trans Awareness Month, and you're saying we brought Sandy back specifically for this. Isn't that tokenism? How dare you? I know. How dare you? I'm the worst. I'm the worst. (laughs) Ask me the question we rehearsed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking. Um, Yeah. So, so a lot of people kind of have that that gut reaction or that knee jerk reaction. This idea of tokenism, Mm. which is something that 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 can be a problem. Often in like a classroom setting, let's say, if an instructor turns to the one black student in the room, it's like, how does the black community feel about this? Asking that person to represent their whole community. That's tokenism. Right. Uh, what we're talking about is representation, which mm-hmm. is just, we brought on Sandy as themselves. Mm-hmm. We want them to share their story. Right. Um, the trans community did not elect Sandy, no matter what they tell you. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't speak for all trans queer people everywhere. I thought that I did. I thought so too. I know. I mean, it's, wow. the, the show was, you know, only possible because all black people elected I Amber. I have been elected. Uh, yes. for the black experience. All scientists yes. and gay men elected me. Yes, yes, Perfect. yes. <laughs> and of okay. course, but no. So, so that's the difference between tokenism and just representation. You know, Sandy is going to share their experiences, yeah. some which will be in common with other trans and non-binary folks, and some which will not. But we're getting to know them and their joy, sharing their joy, and that's what we want to start with. So, so Sandy, it's November Trans Awareness Month. What is bringing you joy lately? My my joy is always planning and getting ready for uh, my wife and I throw an annual soul party. We celebrate the solstice and the change of the seasons and, you know, darkness going into light. And so, and we bring all of our most important people together in one place to celebrate that. And I, I look forward to it every year. And so many of your friends, myself included, we plan everything around it. That's correct. People figure out when's the solstice party and then they figure out when they're traveling for (laughs) Christmas or whatever. (laughs) Um, And it is just as, as joyful as, as you're making it sound out. I'm looking forward to it. Any yeah. any sneak peeks you want to give us for this year's? Well, party? you know, there's always a competition. Yeah, usually and some kind of contest or there's a contest or like you know we've done like pajama pants and slippers. And this year, as you recall, yes. it is full costumes, seasonal costumes, whatever that means to you. So you I could dress up as Mrs. Dash. Yes. <laughs> That's a season exactly. <laughs> whatever that means to you, and oh, I wow. cannot wait to see what our friends bring because they bring it. They bring it. I'll and then <laughs> other contests that they have they always hide a pickle in several pickles, oh, several yeah. pickles. yeah that's uh, a was it polish well it's a it's attributed to german but oh, it's german. not actually mm-hmm. but we just do it because it's fun it's and, fun. and we yeah, love yeah, to yeah. see our our, yeah. our 
friends look like children just trying, trying to find, to find it. And, pickle. and yeah. Sandy's wife, Nancy, spends the whole year shopping yes. for pickle ornaments oh, because that's so cool. once it was, it was, there was a picture frame and in the picture that was in the picture frame, there was a pickle that's on the correct. shelf behind someone. Oh, or something wow. Like that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is really impressive. Yeah. That is yeah. really impressive. Uh, last year, Roman won the, our, I'm sorry, our producer, Eric Roman Bining, uh, won the top prize, right? That's correct. With the abstract cutout of the inside of a pickle that had the word pickle kind of laser correct. etched into wow. it. That is wow. It was, wow. It's impressive. And everyone else was like, what? How? That's, it's, it's That's always impressive. surprising it's, and exciting. It, it really is. <laughs> Amber, what's bringing you joy right now? Yeah. You know, it is November and you're talking about solstice and all this. It is sweater weather. Yes. And I love sweater weather. Like one, just because it's fall and cozy, but also I have this massive holiday sweater collect. Like it is obnoxiously large. Fantastic. <laughs> I wear a different holiday sweater every single day from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Yes. And it celebrates all holidays in between, uh, you know, winter holidays right. and, um, you know, I even start, honestly, I start earlier than that. I have okay. my Halloween sweaters too. Yeah, right on. Um, so really, it's now it's like creeping to like Halloween and on. Um, so yeah, it's my time where I get to pull them all out. I have my special racks that I put out and, and hang them all up and get them prepared and ready nice. and start to start to wear them. And so it's my it's my favorite time of year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, we always do a little fun fashion. We always try to just uh, in some fun themed way uh, for the the video uh, audience next month for December, mm -hmm. we got to do sweaters. Obviously. Absolutely. Obviously. I mean, I can't yes. not wear a sweater. So. <laughs> well, yeah, it's physically <laughs> yeah. impossible. It's physically impossible. <laughs> no matter what it's team true. I say, you're going to show up in a sweater. So. I will be showing up in a sweater no matter what. Yes, 100%. <laughs> What's your joy, Will? My joy, oh, so we're just coming out of Halloween. Um, and as, as you two know, but I'll, I'll share with the audience for the first time. Um, uh, I have a costume room. Well, I should say we, my fiance, our producer, and I uh, have a hidden room in our basement. It's behind so like a, a fake, well, it's a real bookcase, but it's on wheels that reveals a door, which is a TARDIS door. It's the TARDIS oh, yes. from Doctor Who. I love it. Um, and then inside is all of our cosplay stuff, a huge array of costumes that we've collected. And because we throw these theme parties and we do comic cons and stuff yeah. as, as uh, Amber also mm -hmm. does lots of cosplay and, and, uh, Actually, Sandy and their wife um, have donated lots of costumes over Love. the years because when people do a one-off costume for like a theme party and then they don't know what to do with it, well, we, you know. We adopt it. Adopt it. <laughs> exactly. It's our little orphanage. It can your be reused yeah. and loved by other exactly. people. And we all share in the fun. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a little, you know, mini community resource for yeah. our friend group. It is definitely like something that I aspire to. Oh. Like when it's, I have my own space that I can really create right now, almost my stuff is in like yeah. tubs and in yeah. storage and like the extra closet in my spare room but I dream of a day where I can have just a closet like a whole room dedicated yeah. to costumes yeah. uh well, and, you know, for a while it got really messy because, you know, sometimes you're trying to figure out a costume, you try on one thing, try another thing, and then it ends up in a pile, which uh, vexes my fiance to no end. <laughs> he uh, likes organization. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But he's but, Will. But we recently. <laughs> <laughs> True. Sad day he knew what he was getting. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. But, that's fair. Uh, yeah. but uh, we just cleaned it all up and reorganized it and have, you know, recommitted to keeping yeah. it that way, which will last for a while. 
while. For a little while. So you'll have, have, you have to come back. Well, as, as our skill is going to teach us later, practice yeah. until. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Practice yeah. is important. So yeah. we will practice keeping it clean. Yeah. But right now it is nice, perfectly organized. You can walk oh. through mm. Star Wars section, Star Trek section, oh, wow. all the horror oh. monster section. It's all awesome. so great. So that's, that's bringing so me joy. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. All right, so uh, the the main topic that we wanted to to focus on today for for Trans Awareness Month is really just uh, again with this representation being a key theme. Uh, have Sandy kind of share their story, how mm. they they got uh, from where they started, which mm-hmm. I'll let them characterize, yeah. to uh, the fabulous, fully realized, yeah. authentic. Uh, trans non-binary person that they are today yeah. living their best life and yeah. so uh, Amber yeah, hasn't I'm hasn't heard this really background before really excited to hear your background and okay. your story um, so and I'm like I, ready I, for story time yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and and um, I, I knew Sandy through through part of this story at least yes um, and so I, I might share uh, a bit with relates to that but but you are the star as always oh, of course thank you well, please thank you. tell us well, and I wouldn't want it no other way right? <laughs> Sandy <laughs> this is your life oh tell us <laughs> it's all happening. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to say too about our, all of our stories is that we're constantly in evolution, right? All of us every day are hopefully digging deep in ourselves, finding new truths and 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 finding more of our, ourselves. And I think that I really want to encourage everybody who's listening to this or watching this to think about their life in that way, because I think we also, we often think of ourselves as a destination. And my story is definitely a situation where it's a journey. Yeah. So um, I was a Lutheran pastor's wife and like to the max like I I mean in pictures uh I would I've been compared to um you know Donna Reed Betty, <laughs> and Betty Crocker Betty Crocker <laughs> like you name it I mean dresses high heel shoes like very ultra feminine and I was married to a Lutheran pastor and played that role extremely well, and um, but was secretly miserable, was just really under the surface, and the facade that I played uh, was a really miserable person because I didn't, I, I was morphing and pleasing other people. And, um, you know, my whole life was of sh- made of should. Yeah. Uh, I should do this, I should be this, I should present heterosexually, I should, you know, be married to a man, all this stuff. And, and, and as we've said many times, I was shooting all over myself. So don't do it. (laughs) Don't any of anyone ever shit over themselves. I bet you have. Um, and I got to a point where my life was pretty intolerable Mm. and it was a time when I was living in a very rural situation in the parsonage, the house owned by the church across the parking lot from little white clabber church in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I really realized that something had to change. And as I started to realize who I am as a queer person at the time, the only words that I had was that I, that made any sense to me was being a lesbian because it was a word that I knew. And, and I was like, okay, well, I I think maybe I'm a lesbian. And then I also looked at my spouse and realized that my spouse, spouse wasn't living their truth either Mm -hmm. and asked them if they identified as transgender and they did. And so she transitioned um, because I was absolutely in support of that. Uh, We weren't a part of the church during that period. But but in that process, oh, Will's got a question. uh, I believe uh, you were the first ever married lesbian couple to be recognized by the state of Wisconsin. Is that Am I correct? Well, I don't know. I don't know that we were the first <laughs> lesbian couple were, to be recognized, but we were the first divorced same sex oh, couple no. in the state oh, of Wisconsin no. because we had been married for over 10 years oh, wow. as a straight 
as a straight presenting couple. And so and, but they recognize uh, they, your they, wife's they, transition. Yeah, they and they had to recognize our marriage after she transitioned, after wow. we'd been married as a straight couple for 10 years. So we found the loophole and then we broke uh, it. And this was before <laughs> same sex yes, marriage correct. was legalized. Yeah, and all yeah, that, yeah. So, yeah. so and, and supporting her and going through that process of seeing all of the discrimination that she faced yeah. really turned me into a trans a activist. Mm. And and a lot of my um, my identity was swept to the side in that situation for various reasons, but it gave me just a passion and fighting for people after seeing it up close and personally, yeah. and not at that point having the ability to to peel back that next layer of my own gender identity. Okay, so I was you know divorced from my ex and um, and then was out as a lesbian, um, identifying as female and gay. And that went on for a while. I met my wife, Nancy, and we got married and several. Wife. That's right. My current wife. And uh, and she's awesome. And a few years after we had been married, I went to a conference where for the first time I was in a room with gender nonconforming and non-binary folks for a roundtable discussion. And I was listening to these people share their stories. And I, I felt it so deeply in my soul. I mean, tears of joy came to my my eyes. I finally felt like this feels so authentically me. This is the the kind of there's still a little bit of struggle with my gender identity even though I had been a trans activist, even though I had supported my ex-wife who was trans and and all of that and I was really fighting to change like the insurance and industry for trans folks and all this stuff. I realized like, wait a minute, I lost myself kind of in that shuffle and I am a non-binary person and, and sexual orientation wise, I also identify as pansexual that like that it, it and it, it was a box that I felt like I kind of had to go into because it was the one that I knew. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if, if, I don't know if the kids had created pansexual that word yet, which I love right, way to go. Right. And, um, you know, <laughs> and so that was like the next layer. Yeah. And so I think I think that's when we talk about our stories and our journeys and the evolution that we keep that we keep exploring and that and that is I think something that's important for us to do as allies to other communities too you know I mean I I hear the feedback a lot of like oh well there's all this terminology that wasn't around 5 or right. 10 years ago yeah that's right cuz English is a living it's language exactly. and and yeah. and we and we all have to to grow and change and adapt and practice new yeah. things Absolutely. You're right. And there there are a lot of terms. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there are a lot of new things. And at the end of the day, I'm sure we'll we'll talk more about this. It's just like if somebody's used a term, they describe it to you. Just use use the term. Right. That's like right. and and again, and being curious about your own identity. I think that that is a really beautiful part of your story. And I'm sure there's a lot of pain in that. Like I identify as Christian and it's a big part for me that I recognize the harm that the church has done, especially to the queer community. And it's a space that I sit in a lot of like, I want to bring wholeness and healing back to that right. relationship, at least in the relationship with me. Um, and just being able to like see how that progressed for you. Yeah. And I, I imagine that like going to like, I identify as a lesbian, right? Like yeah. it, it had to kind of be this like stark, like I understand this term. Exactly. I yes, understand exactly. this term. I know what this is yeah. because it is the opposite of what I 
thought that I was, right? right. And now, yeah. like, and then as you start to explore and then, again, supporting yeah. supporting your ex-wife and yep. their transition and understanding themselves. Yep. And in, it's like, even that, like, I can understand trans. I understand lesbian, you know? And yes. now it's like, Oh, but there's so much more. There's so much more. And there's we so much more models. to sexuality. There's so yeah. much more to gender identity. And now that I've kind of gone through my own transition phase, right? right? Like my transition out of kind of heterosexual normativity yep. to this, now I have the freedom and space to further develop Correct. and understand. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, when I talk about even spiritual practices or things like that, we talk about deconstructing, right? Yeah. And I think that there's a part of that for you around yes. your identity yes. and around like deconstructing my understanding of what gender is and yeah. was and gender expression and sexuality. And it doesn't have to be this, like, if I'm turning away from, quote unquote, if we were to use that term, yeah. from a heterosexual normativity, doesn't mean I have to to go to the other end of the quote unquote right. spectrum, which I don't particularly like the idea of a spectrum because yeah. I think that, well, we even see the research shows that like most people aren't all one or yes. the other anyway. Right. And there's like this more amorphous yeah. blend shades of gray, shades of gray, shades, shades of, gray. of rainbow, like yeah. however you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many different expressions and yeah. um, around masculinity and femininity and that everybody has so much of that. So I don't really like the idea of a spectrum, but kind of moving from like this idea of yeah. very, you know, a, a rigid concept of what that is yeah. to maybe even another rigid concept of what it is. It's just the, opposite end of right. what I thought I was. Yeah. And yeah. also the fact that there were no models to me right. on television or anywhere else. Right. Yeah. I did yeah. not see anyone that that was expressing or was identifying the way that I felt inside. Right. And yeah. I think that's why visibility is so huge. important. And representation that's like, representation matters. Correct. Representation matters. And, absolutely. You know, and during Trans Awareness Week, that's one of the things that we have to like be thinking about is that for those of us who are in an environment where we're safe enough to be out right. and to tell our stories, it then empowers other people to to be their true selves, Absolutely. and you know, and and it and it doesn't take away from anyone else, and that that I think is is a really important part mm -hmm. of that because in that time period, that was as close as I could find. Right. So right. yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Welcome back to Diverse Joy. Now we're going to do our story time. Um, so we always kind of have one that more difficult or negative kind of story. And then because we're bringing the joy, uh, a more positive one. Um, and and this week, as we as we talked about the, the potential stories, we decided that that, that I'd share uh, kind of a, a negative story that that happened to a client of mine. Uh, so, so as you, the listeners and viewers know, I do a lot of work uh, putting out this evidence-based bias habit-breaking training with organizations all over the world. Um, and people often share, you know, types of bias and things that they've experienced. One of the things that we cover in this training is talking about how being an ally is really important mm -hmm. because very mm -hmm. often, if you're a member of a group that's disadvantaged by bias, mm. uh, when you speak up about things, people don't take it as seriously. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when a white person speaks up about bias against people of color, they get taken yeah. more seriously than when people of color do. And right. I always say, we all need to be speaking up, but if you're yep. an ally extra power to speak up and be heard. And as one uh, response to this, one of the people in, in this audience shared this, um, he, he was a trans man. And before he transitioned, uh, 
pushed a lot in in his company to uh, get some trans and LGBT policies that helped mm. protect those employees. Uh, but at the time, the the people passing those policies didn't know that that he was a trans man. Well, then uh, after these policies were passed, he ended up transitioning, uh, coming out as his true self, living as a, a man. Um, and they were like, wait, <laughs> you're transgender? And then they questioned all those policies that they had passed and mm. actually rescinded some of them because they, quote unquote, thought he was kind of tricking them yeah. into doing wow. something wow. that would help yeah. him down the road. Yeah. Um, just, when he shared that story, Shocking. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. That's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Um, and so... That that's a again our negative story, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and 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 very unfortunate. Uh, but but also I believe Sandy, uh, you came with a positive story to bring yeah, us back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also can say though that I I relate to that person's their that story too because a lot of times we can advocate for other people before we advocate for ourselves. 100%. And a lot of times that that's that's not an uncommon situation no. where a person that is not yet come to terms with their gender identity is advocating for others. Right. Um because and you know and I had that too of like, well everyone else gets to be their true self, just not me. The right. rules are different. And for I me. want them to be able to right, be their and true I want, self. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so I think no. I, I relate to that a lot and I, I feel a lot of lot of compassion for that person. Mm -hmm. um, the, the positive story that I will say about my gender identity is that, and this is the first time that this ever, like, I mean, that it happened in my life. I was shocked and, and so pleased that I had gone into the emergency room at, or I should say urgent care at a, a health clinic, a health system that I had just gotten new insurance for. And they asked me in that visit what my chosen name was and what my pronouns were, which in itself was spectacular huge, huge. Yeah, in a health system yes, absolutely correct and it was put into the system and every single time i interact with that health system regardless of what doctor i'm seeing and where that location is they use my pronouns and That's my amazing. chosen name Aww. and that I, that I I cannot put into words yeah. um yeah. how important that is and how much that that I mean healthcare already has a lot of barriers There's so much there and we could yeah. talk about a whole other podcast Absolutely. on that but that safety yep. that that creates for me when is feeling yeah huge. feeling seen feeling like yeah. uh, when I go here I know they're going to to my individual, yep. my needs, and I'm not going to have to go through and explain. I'm not going to have to be harmed Correct. in the process of going to my doctor, which is so often the case for non-binary and trans folks Correct. going to health yeah. healthcare systems. And I personally do a lot of work with healthcare systems and they often are like, oh, it's just, it's really difficult because yeah. we have to have this name and da, 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 da. But it's really great to but, hear yeah. it. There are systems that are figuring yes. it out. Yes. They're using it. They're making, integrating it across the board yeah. and making these experiences that can be so traumatizing and harmful yes. for this community to be healing yeah. and restorative going into a healthcare system, which yeah. is, a, again, a space that is so necessary for everybody yes. but especially for yeah for trans folks and folks that yeah. are needing you know all yeah. all of the things so we really need it to be a positive experience i'm yeah, really, really glad it's yeah. super cool yeah, i'm gonna awesome. use it as an example anytime i talk to okay. you yeah. like, okay. there are yeah. systems that can do this, this. so uh, you can do it too yes. <laughs> right oh so amazing 
All right. So as always, yeah. uh, we try to bring in an audience question. And and this is actually one that just gets asked all the time yes, when I constantly. give talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, I'm going to ask it in the kind of blunt way. Uh, <laughs> what's the deal with pronouns? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why do people have these little like parentheses after their names with their pronouns? Why should like, I what? have to learn something new and use someone's right. chosen what? pronouns? Right. What's, well, I'd like what's up with pronouns? Well, right. Okay. First pronouns? of all, I'd like to say that let's never never use the term preferred pronouns, preferred pronouns because yeah. they're not preferred. They, they are my are. pronouns. Mm. And and the what's up with the pronouns is that it is it is human respect yeah. and safety Ooh-hoo. for someone That's to good. use my pronouns. Yeah. And it, it's it's such a huge, you know, I can't I can't put into words how important language is. Yeah. But um but. <laughs> <laughs> but that 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 someone is acknowledging you as you present and and using the correct verbiage that makes them feel safe that makes them feel like they belong and that is is hugely important and and I would say too that introducing yourself if you are a person who identifies as cisgender meaning you identify with the the uh, you know, what you were assigned at birth yep. as far as your gender identity, then you have a unique opportunity to introduce yourself in professional and new settings of yep. meeting people by using your pronouns. Yeah. That if you identify as he or she and you say, my name is this and my pronouns are he or she, it sends a message to everyone that you talk to that they can be who they are, that yeah. you acknowledge the fact yeah. that pronouns do not necessarily conform and mm. that this person doesn't have to have to conform to gender norms. Right. And it tells all the people who are cisgender right. that this is important to you and you it's are important. modeling yeah. in a way to everyone. Absolutely. And it, it, even if the person has not yet come to terms with that, that yeah. is a huge step in being an ally. And so pronouns are very it's important. Huge. And and one thing I want to add is that I, I don't think there's anyone out there advocating where it's like everyone needs to have to say their pronouns after because they're, as you were just yeah. saying, there are people who are still figuring it out yeah. and right. having to say it. Like no. being forced to by some no. norm yes. or whatever isn't what we're, people are advocating Correct. for. They're not because people ha- have to figure it out sometimes. And we're and not think, putting them in the position of being forced to pick one. And if that's a really important there. point because I remember um, even and maybe miss on my end. I was teaching a class on human sexuality and I was having everybody introduce themselves and I just maybe not flippantly, but I was like, you know, here's my name, my pronouns. Oh, introduce yourselves, your pronouns. And I had a conversation later that was like, I don't, I don't feel like you have earned the right to, to my pronouns that, yet. Right? And I was like, Correct. you know what? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like I, what I need to say is here's my name. Here are my pronouns. If you would like to share yeah. them, you can share your pronouns. Like instead of setting this, this stage yes. for you to like be forced to share your pronouns or out yourself yeah. if you're not Correct. ready or whatever yeah. that is, or maybe you're still like, questioning and trying to figure things out for yeah. yourself and being put on the spot like that is triggering. Yes, and it so can it was be. something for me that I really sat in even in my my attempts to be inclusive right. that even my my language around asking so pointedly right also was kind of a miss too. Yeah. And so how can we how can we do that? And especially in like public spaces. Yep. If there's a if there's a relationship that's different. Yep. But um when it's a public space like 
how we can do it through modeling, which invites yeah. others to then share theirs exactly. should they want if to. If they yeah. want to. And and I think a lot of the the negative backlash when it occurs is because there is a perception of we're making this a rule. Every time you speak, you're going right. to share your pronouns. Right. Right. And I, I, right. I, again, I don't think anyone's actually pushing right. for that. Uh, it's it, But it is something that shows respect uh, to use other people's correct pronouns. And also, if you are comfortable sharing, if it's not a big deal for you, then yeah. why would it be a big deal? Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that the we know that misgendering people, meaning using the incorrect pronouns, is something that is absolutely a psychological, you know, hurt yep. and oppression on them, and it ha it takes its toll. Um, and we'll, you know. That that's why it's so important when people are talking about like I mean I hear this all the time especially with pronouns that are they them theirs right mm. I, I hear this all the time Folks of like hard time it's not it. well it's not grammatically correct right. and I'm like okay first of all the singular they has been it around has always a been long a thing time. right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know mm. hello Shakespeare that <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah okay yeah. so whatever yeah. and yeah. we do it all the time when we don't know the the gender of right. someone when we're when we're talking about something yeah. and the news or something they'll say the whistleblower has yet to uh yeah. to you know reveal, the reveal themselves yeah. but they have and and no problem at all in legal right. documents and everything right. else but then when you know those of us who use they them their pronouns are like it's so difficult like anything in inclusion like right. anything in bettering yeah. ourselves it takes practice, it takes practice. and when someone tells you their pronoun then use it mm -hmm. and if you and and this is the other part of of centering in um, centering yourself into someone else's experience and making them safe, that if you misgender them, correct yourself simply and move on. And move on. That and mm -hmm. and because the opposite of that, and this many well-intentioned people right. have done this to me, um, and to lots of other folks, yeah. lots of other trans folks, of like they'll say, "Oh, she, oh they, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Right. Oh, I really, I know this right. is so important, and I, I'm just here to tell you that nobody wants to be nobody on the other end of that. That, that is yeah. so centering yourself in your yeah. own." Yeah. As opposed Ooh, to just saying, mm -hmm. oh, uh, you know, she was, no, I'm sorry. They were going blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, you know, that's perfect. Yeah. You apologize, you correct, you move on. And then the work, yeah. the apology that you wanted to do in front of that person happens when you're not with that person. Right. Back to your home with your yeah. spouse, your partner, your cat, your house plan. Right. <laughs> you then practice that person's practice, yeah. pronouns at yeah. least three or four times yeah. so that you can get that and you can do better. Absolutely. And that that to me is the it's again when we talk about like performative exactly. things that yep. big huge apology and making a big deal about it. Yeah. It it it's it's it doesn't do anything but, it, actually but actually harm the person harm, yeah. that you are supposedly exactly. trying to be centering Ex and helping or exactly. you know, supporting. Yeah. And it, it, this really ties into our skill for today. I, but before we go to that, I, I wanted to come back to what you were talking about the psychological safety yes. and the trauma. Yeah. You know, we were talking about earlier um, before we started filming, I was talking about a, a young trans person that I was working with in a, in a pediatric clinic that was about eight years old identified as trans and how difficult it was for the team to kind of adopt their their name and their pronouns and um but you have this really important statistic about yeah, how, so, how yeah. important that is misgendering and 
and dead naming people. And dead naming, if you've not heard that term before, is using the name of the person before they transitioned. So the name that they were assigned as opposed to the name that they have chosen. And um, when we, we know the science shows us that when children, especially teens, adolescents, um, when they are being surrounded by people who use the correct pronouns and use their chosen name, their likelihood of depression and suicidal ideation can go down up to 71%. And that is huge because one out of every five transgender people Mm -hmm. in the United States has attempted suicide. And I am one of those people. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I will tell you that 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 makes a huge difference. And and there's a lot of, again, in a well-meaning thing and and I, I understand that people's intentions are very positive, but it's really about our impact that we make. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, I've been I've been in a lot of conversations where people will be telling me about someone else. You know, uh, as a non-binary trans person, people want to tell me about oh, I all know the, a trans all person. All the people that they know. And you're yeah. like, that's that's wonderful. That's great. <laughs> that's like, great. like, oh, you're gay. Do you know gay Will? And like, right. oh, yes, of course. He was. We're all at, in a group chat. He wasn't actually, at last <laughs> week's meeting. But <laughs> right, you right, know, right. Oh, oh yeah, gay Joe. Everyone right, knows. Gay everybody Joe. knows gay. Um, (laughs) so this, this was a a person that was talking about their, their child and their child's friend who is transgender. And they said, they said, you know, um, oh, my, my kid's best friend is Taylor, but their name used to be Mm, Samantha. mm. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I, and I said that I said, okay, can you just say that, that their name is Taylor and that, and that please Full do stop. not do not dead name them even if they've told you're you referring it, to it as a dead name and yeah. even if you you've been told by them yeah. that that you can use it that doesn't mean in public yeah. because it sends a message to everyone around you that it is okay to call out someone's dead name yeah. and so mm-hmm. dead naming and misgendering are i mean another statistic mm-hmm. is that the um the human rights tribunal in british columbia in 2021 found that dead naming and misgendering are a is a human rights violation, violation yeah. that it, that is it, because of the psychological damage that it does yeah, so you know so i think that's that's one of those things that's really important for people to to remember and think yeah. about when yeah. they're trying to be inclusive of yeah. people around them absolutely yeah. and the other part of this too is that you're talking about not only not using the dead dead name but keeping their pronouns consistent to Correct. what they are, yep. not what they quote unquote used to be, right? Yes. Like even when you're referring to them before transition, that you always use their their the pronouns that, that their pronouns. Yes. Right. Um, not necessarily pronouns that what what they used to be. Right. Um, yeah. and always kind of re- always centering and honoring this person's identity. Yeah. As they have told you what their identity yeah. is, <laughs> and that's huge. And again, yeah. it comes back to that psychological safety, right. and how important that is when it, when we're when we're working with trans youth, trans folks, and non-binary folks. That like that statistic is staggering, right? Yeah. Like if you can center and honor those things, that it can decrease by seventy one percent. Like it's that's life saving. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? There, you yeah. you lose nothing yes. by doing that. Yes. Like you said that earlier, you lose nothing by doing it so why not yeah and it does require practice yeah Um, and if i if i can share another little anecdote because it just happened recently and that is um my mother passed away and i was doing i was working with a pastor that was her pastor
pastor, mm-hmm. um, who's a very progressive person. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, just I would I I would like you to refer to us as her children as yeah. opposed to her daughters, her daughters. Yeah. Um, because I don't mm-hmm. identify as female. And she was said, oh, I'm so glad you told me that. I want to be really inclusive. And I said, you know, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. So we're in the funeral, y'all. And the pastor had misgendered me earlier in the service, which is Mm, fine. She mm. just moved on. And then she said something Mm. about, she said, you know, Joyce's daughters, I mean, children, I mean, oh, because you, you, I mean, made this big, Uh, huge thing about it in the funeral. So the funeral reception was not about condolences from everyone and my mother. Yeah, it, it was, was about, about my gender identity uh, for the yeah. people that didn't know. Yeah, and yeah. that's the I just point that out because that's yeah. the kind of harm yep. that can be done. Yeah. And I, you know, well I didn't want intention, but harmful. well intentioned, but absolutely harmful. Yep. And it made me wish I'd never told never her, told. Yeah. <laughs> which you uh, know is one yeah. of those things. Yeah. So absolutely. if you if you can, why wouldn't you? Yep. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've actually already kind of had some tidbits about our our habit-breaking skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, so one of the the main things that we work on in this bias habit-breaking training um, is helping people retrain their automatic reactions. Right. Because as we've talked about with so many things, you know, our initial reactions are very often programmed by society, by culture, by stereotypes. Um, and there's there's a kind of core set of steps involved whenever you want to retrain an automatic reaction mm-hmm. when we're talking about these cognitive and behavioral kinds of things. And I, I came up with this mnemonic device that I'm very proud of um, <laughs> when thinking about the steps when you want to retrain a reaction. And uh, that mnemonic device, those steps are detect, reflect, reject. So first you want to, you know, detect whatever the reaction is uh, that you've made a mistake, maybe misgendering someone yeah. like we've been discussing, or it could be detecting that you made a stereotypic assumption, what, whatever the, the, the thing is. Then you want to reflect on it. And this is within your own mind. You want to bring in your more deliberative, thoughtful cognitive processing because right. that helps you. You're, you're not leaving it with just that quick automatic processing right. that's going to bias you in favor of, of stereotypes and biases, but bring in that reflective processing. What might be some of the harm? with that mistake I just made. Uh, Where did I learn this stereotype? Why do I have this assumption? Reflecting on it. And then rejecting it. If thinking of other people in stereotypical or biased ways isn't what you want to do, mentally reject that. Say, that's not who I am. That's not how I want to think. And one of the main ways we apply this um, is is one of the tools in our toolkit, which we call replace stereotypes. The key to this is rehearsal. So you do this detect, reflect, and as part of that reject step, you practice thinking in the way you want to Mm -hmm. think. And misgendering and then uh, adjusting when someone comes out to new pronouns, uh, comes out having new pronouns, uh, is one great way to apply this. As Sandy said earlier, practice it in your mind, on your own. Right. Don't subject the the, right. the person to it, but but uh, think, think about it. And, and this is something, so as uh, we've kind of described, Sandy and I have known each other for many years. Yeah. And when I first uh, met Sandy, it was before they had figured out some of these things. Yep. Um, and so I knew them using different pronouns for many, many years. Yep. Um, and, and when they came out, it it is an adjustment period. That's just yep. the reality of it. Um, and so having this habit of mm-hmm. speaking and thinking of Sandy using their previous pronouns, that was my default. That was the habit. Right. That's what I had to start detecting and reflecting right. yeah. and then work at their pronouns. And just as Sandy described, sometimes uh, I don't think I do it as much anymore, but but I would, I would slip up, use their incorrect 
pronoun and then have to correct myself. Yep. And that's that's what you do. But uh, one, one thing that we often suggest to people is uh, when you slip up, you know, detect, reflect, reject. And then in your mind, you know, think through five or six sentences. Yep. They are a snappy dresser. Yeah. You know, their hair is on point. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> yes. for, yes. for audio listeners, yes. Sandy always has amazing, <laughs> fun colored hair. It's, it's uh, beautiful, like teal purple. Uh, and 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 purple. and practice <laughs> it. Uh, as Amber and I like to say, practice <laughs> makes progress yes. by rehearsing a different way of responding. That's how we rewire these things in our minds. And can I add something to your uh Yes, ma'am? Do you is yes, there uh, mix? Yes, mix. That's how I refer to yes, mix. in my letters. I would I would say as well, because we know this is a teacher trick, mm. that don't just think the the new sentences oh, say them out, out loud, loud because yeah. your brain learns yeah. yes. what you hear yourself yeah. say and yeah. and it, we actually know that you learn things more if you say them out loud so that's why i say yeah. say yeah. it to your cat say it to your house yeah. plant yeah. Yeah. say it to your favorite pillow yeah. um yeah. <laughs> practice yeah. those pronouns yeah yeah, um, I was. Uh, I also want to share. I was in a conversation with one of our mutual friends, Philip Thompson, one of one of our besties, um, and we, we were just. I don't know. We were talking about affirmation in general, and he said, "You know, one of the things for me is it doesn't matter if Sandy's in the room or not. Mm. If if it, if something about Sandy occurs to me, I am using they them pronouns wow. in my head, no matter right. what. E even and if, if I mess up, I'm going to correct, correct myself, myself even, even in my own in mind yeah. because right. that's what respect means. Yeah. That's what valuing them means. Yeah. And I was like, that's so beautiful. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, he is great. He is great. Yeah. So um, awesome, but." Uh, but yeah, we always like to g give Amber a chance to to bring in some more of that amazing clinical applied insight. Yeah. What else about rehearsal and mental retraining should we know? Yeah, from a therapeutic perspective, there's so much here, right, around detect, reflect, reject, um, and the rehearsal process in and anytime that we're doing and we're trying to break a habit or we're trying to create a new norm for ourselves, we have to do all of these things. From a cognitive behavioral therapy standpoint, we often talk about like an activating event and then we have kind of our thoughts and then we feel something, we have a feeling about it and then it leads into a behavior. And so I kind of think about the same thing around the detect, <laughs> reflect and, um, and reject is we're detecting this event or this thing and our process, our thoughts, what's happening in our mind. And then the reflection is really sitting with how am what are the feelings? What are the things that's coming up about yeah. this thing? We talked a little bit about this last episode too, but a little bit like what's what's happening that's associated with these thoughts or these this thing that's happening. And then those things, the combination of my thoughts and my feelings leads us into a behavior. And in order for us to change the behavior, to change how I'm using pronouns or what, whatever the thing is, I have to then kind of go backwards and reflect on what are the feelings that are coming up? Right. What are my thoughts associated with that? Right. And so that I think is a really great space to, again, apply the detect, um, reflect and reject is saying like, I'm going to detect these things. I'm going to detect my thoughts. I'm going to reflect on my feelings 
to change this behavior. I'm going to reject some of the things that I used to do, rehearse yeah. and replace it with something else, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and that's not just behaviorally. I'm not just replacing the behavior, but I'm also replacing my feelings about it yeah. and my thoughts associated, which is a lot of what, what your friend was saying, yeah. right? Like, even in my own mind, even when Sandy is not present, I am going to practice it. I'm going to change my own thoughts about how I think about Sandy. Yeah. It is no longer this way or this dynamic, but it is this. And I'm going to change that, which then shifts how I feel about the topic, how I feel about this person. And it's going to lead to long lasting change. Um, And again, I think that that fits so perfectly in this idea of detect, reflect, reject. Yeah. Yeah. So Sandy, one of our last things that we like to do, as you know, um, is to talk about like recommendations, yeah, you know, yeah. media, things like that. What what kind of recommendations do you have for us? Well, yeah. that's like movies, that TV bring shows, you joy. What brings you joy? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so many things that bring me joy. But I I would recommend if you haven't already seen it, watch Paris is Burning. Mm. Um, it's a documentary that was made decades ago, yeah, and it 70s, is yeah. yeah mm. I mean, and it is it is so real it is so raw it gives the the background um of the ballroom scene in new york and it is filled with diverse joy um it is also filled with diverse heartbreak um and you say the ballroom scene all of our listeners might not know it's essentially the the, essentially the the origin of what we look at as drag today um and voguing and Mm -hmm. and and all kinds of it came from the trans community and uh where they did not have spaces where they could truly be themselves so they created those spaces particularly trans folks of color correct trans Mm -hmm. folks of color which we can basically thank for so many things in our society and just just to add to that as you watch this documentary they don't all um, Sandy was talking earlier about not necessarily having the terminology or the model I I don't think the word trans even comes up in the documentary because it it didn't exist they were drag queens correct Mm. Uh, but now we would put the label trans women of color on them but that's that way of being hadn't been fully figured out yet for everyone but they were living it and they were living it and and they were supporting each other and yeah and if you've if you've seen the if you see the series Pose which is great but definitely a kind of Hollywoodified uh, version of it, but talking about the families, the the families, the the people that that the the houses that yeah, adopted so, yeah. the the you know the people in there so that they had safety, they had a place to belong, and that they they were cared for, and yeah. that is so important. And um, there's so much beauty in that, and I think that it's such a, a great documentary that is overlooked by a lot of people. So check it out. It's it was on Netflix. It, it's it's out there. Yeah, I think it's on Hulu. Um, Prime, yeah, you can yeah, also yeah. buy it, and there's an extended version which goes into all these other interviews. Mm. If you really want to go down the rabbit hole, it's awesome. But you <laughs> so know, yeah. All right, amazing. Well, thank you again so much for being with us, Sandy. Oh, it's my yes. pleasure always. Uh, so, uh, as always, I'm Dr. William Cox, and my co-host is Dr. Amber Nelson. Mm. Uh, today's guest was Sandy Eichel, and produced by Eric Roman Bining with music by. By Jay Arner. Uh, Diverse Joy is, a cons- is consumable as either an audio-only podcast or a video podcast, both accessible at diversejoy.com. Diverse Joy is the official podcast of Inequity Agents of Change, a nonprofit devoted to the dissemination of evidence-based approaches to reduce bias, create inclusion, promote equity, and enhance diversity. 
all that great Jedi work. All the like, Jedi work. <laughs> we like to talk about it. Uh, you can learn more at biashabits.com. You can learn more at biashabit.com. Yes. Thanks for listening. And Sandy, do you want to mention where people can find you if they're interested so, in yeah, hearing more? You can find me on the socials. My handle is at Sandy Eichel. Eichel is spelled E-I-C-H-E-L or at sandyeichel.com. And we'll also have links to that on the Diverse Joy website to make that easier for all of you. And thanks again. Yeah. Thank Thank you all. Thank you.